I'm Sunny D. I'm Captain J. And, and we're, we're the Pot Smoking Moms. A weekly show about cannabis legalization and parenting. Spark up with us while we chat with industry insiders, scientists, doctors, cannabis cultivators, and other pot smoking parents just, just like, like us. us. New episodes every Wednesday. Yo, 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 we're so excited to be back. I'm Sunny D, along with my homegirl, Captain J. Hola, so happy to be back. Hey, you guys, since we have you here, we would love for you to rate, subscribe, and share our show. Be friends with us on all social medias. Leave a nice little review. Um, I know that Spotify recently got the opportunity to, you, you can add your, your rating, rating now. Yeah. So definitely, um, if you haven't been able to rate us on Spotify, go ahead. A website is potsmokingmoms.com. And we actually just updated it with a gallery. So there's some some pictures from our last event that you can go our see. vacation, which we'll get to. Yes. And um, so check out potsmokingmoms.com. We got a bunch of new stuff up there. Uh, what are we smoking today? I have a bowl packed in my bong here of straw nana from the flowery. From the flowery. Nice. I yeah. actually. If you haven't used our code yet. PSM 20 for 20 percent off. Yes, definitely Sorry. do that. Um, I got some True Leave, trusty True Leave. I got some Ray Bay actually from their cultivar Ooh. collection. I like Ray Bay. And um, <laughs> it's a J that I rolled up. I had actually rolled one up for Ilana Glazer I went to see last night. You know, just in case she was around, I was like going to spark her you gotta up. Be and shit. Gotta you know, be ready. You never know. Plus, everybody was smoking there. So, I, I mean, wh- how shitty would it have been if you had the opportunity? Right. You did not uh, have exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. So, you, you never were ready. know. I was. Locked so, and loaded. here we go. We're going <laughs> to light one up. We're going to light this one up. Cheers. Cheers. Also, later on in the show, we're going to have our buddy Emma. Emma Collard, you might know her as Dilemma Greens on Instagram. Emma Green. Uh, we will be talking to her later on in the show. Yes, she's in cannabis marketing and communications. We actually met her when she was working for the Flowery at an event. Yeah, That's the she, first time we met her. Yeah, she hit us up when she was working with the Flowery. I mean, she works with a little bit of everybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some of y'all already <laughs> have seen her. We throw her up on our stories and stuff. Yeah. She's really fun. So stick around to get to know Emma. Yeah, for sure. Yo, best trip ever. Bro. I know. I know. Okay, I this know. is the best thing about our break was that vacation. We finally made it happen after two years of doing this podcast and saying one day, one day we're gonna go to Disney. We're, we're gonna, gonna go do with a other moms trip, pot smoking moms trip to Disney World, and we fucking did it. Amen. If anything, we did hard. That manifestation should, you know, motivate us to do more things in the future. But man, that was very successful. We had so much fun. Like we're already talking about our we're, next trip. We've been planning our next trip before we got home. Before we even left. <laughs> for real, though, we were already making plans for our next trip. We were eight women staying in one Airbnb. It was a for pretty pimp two nights. Airbnb. It was. It was. It was like uh, we figured out that it was like a community that kind of rents these out for like fam- big families and stuff. Yeah, it was a nine bedroom house. So we, we each had our own room with a pool, with a pool and a jacuzzi. And that jacuzzi came in clutch when my feet were killing I me know. after walking all day. I mean, soaking my feet in that was like amazing. 
Yeah, but it was. It was. Pretty, I forgot my bathing suit. I was intending to fully soak in I there. I was not intending on getting in there, but my feet got in there. <laughs> it was pretty great, especially oh with all. God. Oh my god, my pinky toe was covered in blisters, yo. Ow. Yeah, ow. But like now or after that? No, after that. Oh yeah, dude. If you don't have the right shoes on, you gotta be. Careful. And I was telling everybody. You're walking I don't like have, at least I, 10 miles. I don't have the right shoes on. I never wear shoes, ever. So I don't know what shoes can be comfortable or <laughs> are comfortable or not comfortable until these situations arise, and then it's too late because we have blisters everywhere. Well, the Airbnb was clutch, and it was nice having each our own room, and it wasn't too far from the park, so it was like 20 minutes. It yeah. all worked out, and no drama. Just lots of weed. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, we for, for for starters, a lot of the people are patrons. They're all patrons. We Only get two. to we all get to know each other. We see each other on a regular basis. We talk online. I talk, I probably talk too and- much to some of these people <laughs> online. I'm like this girl too much. Yeah, we connect regularly through the gram, but we kind of already felt each other not felt felt each other out, not up. <laughs> uh beforehand and um and it was so much fun so much man fun. we all needed it too we did and we're all kind of still like we're all kind of functioning off of the little last dopamine level every time left. i need to smile i just go look at the little story highlights from it or the picture gallery that you made on the website just a little dopamine fix there i know man a little, a little happy we had dinner with even more patrons. We went to medieval times. Friends. Uh, friends. Oh, yeah, more fra- patrons. Friends too, and yes. patrons. That's right. Two more came. We had, um, that was fun too. Yeah, there even was though next time, 16 of us for dinner. For dinner. Yeah. Even though next time maybe we, we can socialize with each other a little more. Do one something where we could actually talk to each other because during, there's a show, so you can't really interact, but with right. the people sitting directly next to you. Right. Um, we were able to uh, do goodie bags for everyone. We got some shirts made for all of our patrons. And then we had one of our patrons. We bought made the shirts. Uh, yeah, for made one. the shirts. Right. And then another patron made the goodies. Made the goodies. We got all the edibles. All we the got edibles. A, a cook, two cookies, a brownie, uh, a lollipop. Those lollipops and were a, fucking fire. That's what we had requested. But then, of course, Terry hooked it up with more. Oh, those are so good. Yeah, she ended up giving us also like lollipops, a pre-roll, the the drinks. Yeah. Yeah, we got everybody over. loved those drinks too. Yeah, we had drinks. Oh my <laughs> was god. We were partying at Disney World with our <laughs> and she drinkables, also us up with edibles. Shrooms. We got shrooms too. <laughs> I know. We got we, shrooms we too. We sure failed though, dude. We <laughs> It was like, I think it was really overload. Like, we were already doing a lot of fun stuff. And it was just like, we can't. And shrooms. I think we didn't do it right. And then we were like, bummed. Like, I ate mine right before the fireworks thinking, okay, I'll be happy during the fireworks. But it did nothing. I got like a little bit of a a mood. mood I would say, yeah, because I was getting tired. It was a long ass day. And you guys were ready to go. And I was like. But Little Mermaid is only a five minute wait. Oh my Me God. and Diane. Yeah. It's only a five minute wait. Let's go. I know. And then you guys and then were a like, bunch okay, of stuff on too. the way back is Buzz Lightyear. We could just do that. There's a short wait for that too. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got off there and I was like, okay, we got to go. I mean, I really want to 
really, really want to ride the people mover right now. But some of us were so <laughs> dead, you know, and I feel like once you've passed that level of exhaustion. Yeah, no, I get it, though. You just want to just chill. I feel like for people that haven't that don't do Disney regularly, you got to train for it. You got to like prepare like oh start God. walking for it ahead of time because you it's a lot train. of walking all day it is it is but so, i feel like, like go for walks I you just, know go I, for walks I for think, a little bit i think the next trip we want to do something where we're not doing shit we're just doing, chilling. And we're just chilling yeah Beach because house. disney too is that kind of thing where like you gotta rush to one line to get into another line <laughs> to rush to another line oh you got here too late gotta go to another line yeah it's a whole thing so I just we feel, also did too much in one day. We did way too much in one day. <laughs> we did three parks in one day. We a hey, we wanted to get everything in. Well, we had a newbie that's never done Disney. Shelby, she, yeah, never ever, never ever. We she was. We had her we puking her by the cherry. end of the <laughs> fucking night. She was puking at the bushes by the end. And they were like, everybody's like, oh, you we broke got out the bedroll. Oh, we broke Shelby. You and broke. <laughs> you broke the two that came that flew in. We broke the two that flew in. <laughs> we broke the out of towners. <laughs> You know, we just wanted to, we just wanted to have, show them a good time. And they had a good time. I think they had a good time. We, we all, all had did. a great time. <laughs> we didn't want to. We're adding, actually, we're adding to our patrons. We're doing Zoom sessions once a month now. We're going to be posting when. The second Friday of every month second, will be our Zoom sessions. Exactly. So we're going to be doing some more stuff there. If you haven't joined the patrons page, please. We I've made front and center on, on the center website. of our website. Um, our, one of our, uh, my neighbor, uh, well, first of all, I want to say welcome to our new patrons, yeah. Jenny and Catherine. They're part of our patron family now. Jenny came, is my neighbor that I got her to come with us on the trip. And, she and then after time. the trip, she had a great time. She's like, oh, I'll do this again. She's like, signed up for the patron. <laughs> and she's like, it's really hard to find. So I, Took her advice and we've made the patron button front and center right next to our gallery of our trip. Check it out. Mm. Uh, we want to do more events. Um, we want to do a local event. So we're still still thinking about what, what to do there. April 30th, we will be in St. Pete. I know there's a lot of you in St. Pete out there. We're getting together with the center. Uh, the center is like an event space that's uh f- is a cannabis friendly event space. And we've been talking to them for a while now. They're very very nice. We'll have them on our show later this month, mm-hmm. and then we'll be out there April thirtieth at Haran Park. It's their four twenty festival, and um, we'll have our own little booth, and you can come by, say we'll hi. Be set up yet there. We'll be set up there. And swing on through and come say uh, hello. Come say hello, and you know maybe Get smoke one with us or something. Um, yeah. Can we smoke? You think we can smoke there? We, we were smoking like at any, Canafest. Yeah, we were. I feel like it's pretty much game on. Like, how, Is can, it they, outside? how can you be calling it a four twenty festival and then be like, you can't smoke here? Like that would be really stupid. No, <laughs> wouldn't that be fucking dumb? Is it's outdoor, right? It's outdoors. Yeah, which, by the way, the show, the comedy show that I went to last night in Wynwood, bro, every you a second you east got off the car, Wynwood, you could smell weed everywhere. <laughs> yes, you could smell you could smell weed everywhere. We pa- we passed a club where this guy with dreads was dancing outside, bro. It smelled like true leaving there. I was like, <laughs> whoa. 
It smelled like a dispensary. There's another place we passed by. I was like, that smells like this house. Like, <laughs> it was just everywhere. And then at the show, so I went to go see Alana Glazer, who, if, if any of you have seen Broad City, Broad City was a really popular show on Comedy Central. Super hilarious. It's two stoner chicks, two stoner besties. You have to watch the show. You'll love it. I know. I've been meaning to. I've never done it. <laughs> but it's a it's great like on show. It's a list of shows to watch that I never get to. Right. Yeah, and then but you're watching Breaking Bad for like a fifth time, so I don't know. It sometimes was my with you, time I know. Relax. I'm exaggerating. I'm exaggerating. <laughs> but anyway, no, I'm watching garbage TV right now. I'm watching Love Is Blind on Netflix. Is that a, like a game show? Yeah, I saw the first season. This is the is the one season. where they're like in costumes? No, they're in pods. Like oh. they meet, they date through a wall. Like they're each in a pod yeah. and they don't see each other, mm. and they date for weeks until somebody proposes and. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like trash. You should replace <laughs> it with Broad City. <laughs> I know. Broad City is trash. Yo, but the trash, uh, seriously, replace it with Broad City. It's really funny. Um, it's stoner, stoner chicks. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know. I know it's funny. So which, many people have recommended it. Which I feel like. So check it out. So, you know, I, I, I've been talking about her for a while because she recently became a mom. And she's doing the comedy. She's been in the comedy game for a while. She's a writer, director, producer. Like, I love her. Like, she's really, you know, yeah. she's got her careers going in the right, has been in the right place. She's like, whatever. She's killing it. So I, so one of my friends was like, look, she's going to be here at Gramps. I love Gramps. Gramps is a little place over in Wynwood, which actually I was like trying to see if we can go do a 420 party out there. That'd because, be dope. because it's like perfect. They have the outside area. It's never. It's super stress. Gramps is doing like a like an early two thousands indie dance party, and there's the, it tonight. Is no, that tonight? I no. think it's tonight or tomorrow night. I don't know, but I saw like all the bands they plan on it was having like, on the playlist, and I was like, I want to go dance there. Is <laughs> it like the the one that has the Franz Ferdinand like um yeah. like font? Uh, Lolo's gonna be uh playing. She's a DJ that has a record store over by um. Churchill's sweat records sweat records that's her um yeah that sounds like a really fun party so Gramps is like a really hip spot we we used to go there all the time back in the day and it's funny I always end up there because I feel like it's I don't know it's stress-free we already know what to do the drinks are not that expensive it's not that bougie it's like the perfect spot for us it's a really cool chill spot so this chick's doing um comedy there no you know a lot of you know that I've been like I've I've done the stand up comedy and I want to do start doing it again. Locally, I've been like checking out who's doing what, whatever. We scored tickets. It was sold out. We scored tickets. I scored tickets on a Monday. I remember even one morning you were like, "Yo, could they're like you know releasing more tickets?" Yeah, I saw a story for it. <clears throat> yeah. So my whole thing was like, look, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna write her a note about how much you know I like her. And give her a bunch of pot smoking mom stuff because she is a pot smoking mom now, I hope she you know. So I, w- I was just like, look, I, I don't. It's awkward. I don't even want to put her on the spot. I don't want to put myself on the spot. My whole plan was just like to walk up to her and say, hey, I love you. I think you're great. And I give her a little envelope. Here's some stuff for you with stickers, a necklace, one of our necklaces mm-hmm. and stuff. So which one? Disney the pot or the I get old, no, English, old English. I feel like she's old English okay. style, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so there's another comic there who I know only because I've seen her. I've scoped her out beforehand. 
she's this bubbly cute blonde like jojo see what she's like ah she's a dancer she's a comedian she's a singer i was like surprised she, she wasn't all. like you know whooping flowers out of her <laughs> fucking hands and like you know making shit disappear because it's like oh multi-talented girl one of the locals whatever you know there was a lot of miami style comedy but they were all very very good uh ilana was working out some material so um you know it, it was like it was a gramps show it was what you would expect to get out of a gramps show it's not like the improv and shit or whatever so after the show like the show ends and we get up and my husband went with me he's like go 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 now go now go now because he knows, like, I don't want to be like, hi, I'm your number one fan. Either. Like, he knows that yeah. I'm not that fucking person. Yeah. And I will very much, like, convince myself to just walk in the opposite direction right away. Like, I'll be like, yeah, sure, this is a good idea. And then I'll be there and be like, yeah, no, why? She wa- she wouldn't want to talk to me. And I'll, 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 like, walk away or whatever. So I said, go, go, go. I go, all right. I start going. I walk over there. I beeline it over there before everybody gets up to go. Everybody's getting up and leaving spotty guards there like whatever guy that works at Grams. he's like no i'm like can i just give this to her he's like no i'm like all right i turn around who's there fucking jojo siwa seinfeld right fucking <laughs> singing dancing fucking voiceover actress this bitch doesn't know who i am she's never met me before and it's so funny because i feel like i know her because whatever i've seen her on instagram or whatever yeah. so i turn around and she's like my lifeline so i go hey uh, can you please give this to Alana? Like, I just give her the envelope and she's like, huh? What? <laughs> she's looking at me like, what the fuck? But she took it? She took it. She's like, okay, right? Like, she's like buying it. And then I'm kind of like, she's looking at me and I'm kind of like trying to find a connection with her to keep her, to keep her on my side, you know? To, to keep her on my team. To make sure the to make sure she did right. So I start naming like my friends who are in comedy. Like, I know she knows one of my, I, well, I thought she knew one of my friends. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, Diane, you know her, right? I, yeah, I do stand up too, blah, blah, blah. And she's just like, I don't know her. And I'm like, Diane, Diane Garcia, don't know her. I don't know her. And I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. Um, you know, <laughs> please, uh, it's not weird. She's like, what's in here? And I'm like, it's nothing creepy. You know, I was like, I felt like such a fucking dipshit. I was like, it's nothing creepy. It's just like a fan letter and some stickers and stuff. I'm like, please and thank you, right? She went to take pictures with her, but I was just like, I don't care. I just like, I hope she gave it to her. And I hope she actually opened it. It was so awkward and weird. And like, I don't know. I don't even care anymore. It was like. Hey, you tried. And that's what matters. Right. I shot. I shot my shot. I shot my shot. I don't even know how you say that. But I shot my shot. And it wasn't like, I'm not trying to like stalk her or be weird. You know, I (laughs) just. Why? They probably got to get that. all. I know. And that's why I don't want to be that person. But sometimes that's how people, you know, you got to try. Right. So I was like, whatever. I honestly, the last time I saw a stand up comedian at, at Gramps was Hannibal Burris. And he was like fucking basically hanging out with everyone after the show. I wasn't expecting her to do that because she is a super celebrity at this point. And she's a woman. And if I was her, I wouldn't want to fucking people. I just wouldn't want to talk to people after the show, period. Right. You know yeah, what I mean? She like, probably, I get I her. Mean, she has a baby at home. She doesn't want to risk right. COVID. And I, right. And she was actually, there was one of the jokes. It was like, wow, you people here don't even, it doesn't even exist here anymore. You guys just said, we don't care. Yeah. So in New York, everybody's like layered up, <laughs> you know. But uh, but that was pretty interesting. 
And then I worked the Spanish Awards show, and it was just like oh my madness. God. It was a live show, and it was just so wild. I, I I didn't know much of the people who were performing. I felt like an idiot, but it, maybe it was a good thing because I wasn't so like I had absolutely no idea who anybody was when you were showing me the videos. For yeah, it. I'm like yeah. I have no idea. No, honey. The only one I knew was, was Pitbull, Pitbull, and that was only because. He was dressed like a cowboy and shit. I wouldn't I even know, know I didn't who even he was. Know it was him until you said, "Oh, that's Pitbull." Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, I know who that. It, I know it, that name. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Um, <laughs> it was fun because I got to. It was like there it's was a show happening behind the scenes because we were doing we were running the show behind the scenes while the show was happening on camera. And then it's just interesting. They had the See fucking the teleprompter up the whole time, even for the fucking artists, the people singing. Singing their own songs? Yeah, they were, uh huh, singing so their own songs. So they won't their words. So they won't, well, and they, they one of them forgot. Songs. One of them forgot the words. Dude, they, one of these, write those one of these bitches songs. forgot the words, asked them to throw up the words. And then, <laughs> oh my God. I know, and then one of the, one of the Romeo, Romeo Santos, really if anybody's singing, familiar with singing. Spanish music. He's like a, he sings a really high, he's like a, the Bee Gees level of pitch in his voice. Okay. But he sings like, a, I don't know if it's bachata or some shit. Forgot his yeah, lyrics. who cares? One of the, one of the, uh, one of the fans that we were corralling, one of the fans, because we were, well, I was manning one of the pits. You know how like you see MTV movie awards or music awards, a lot of people, wah, on the side yeah. of the stage. Those are the people I was controlling and like pumping up. But... One of the fans turns around and she's like, oh, I didn't know this was a karaoke party. And I start laughing and I'm like, now, now karaoke. the magic of TV. Here we are. We now know the magic because of, of the teleprompter. And then um, so then there's like a whole area where people are sit- sitting, eating or they're supposed they're pretending. Right. I guess they're, they're eating. So somebody who was in the fan pit with us was like, oh, yeah, I, I was at the tables last year. Like I sat, I did the seat filling at the tables last year. Uh-huh. They're like, oh, even the food, the food's not even real. It looks fake. You can't even eat the food because it's fake. And then I looked at her and I was like, there's a lot of fake things in this building right now. Like, you know what I so mean? So they weren't really <laughs> serving people meals? I don't, I don't, th- I mean, I don't know. What I saw was they looked like there was people What's serving meals. What's the point meals? of having meals then? Like, why? Why not just have know. people there to observe to, the show? Because a TV, yo, TV's fake as shit. Everything on TV is super fake. Yeah. When you're there, you're like, wow, this is so fake. It's like... <laughs> I've always wanted to go to the live taping of something. Uh, I was so upset. That You've we, never been to any any anything TV show or Solid Yante the or something? Nothing, no. I was most upset when we stayed in New York. And at the time, Conan O'Brien was still doing oh his show God. there. But and how hard we did not get? get up at like whatever ridiculous hour in the to morning. Wait I woke up, I, I put the alarm on, I woke up and my husband did not want to go out there with me and I was not yeah. going to go wait alone in New York in a line to get to the corner. I was like, come on. He's like, oh, I'm not getting up. Yeah. But I was like, God, I know. That would have been so awesome. Yeah. But I've always wanted to do something like that. Not, cool. not a Spanish show, one that I would like. Right, 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 right. Yeah. That's, I've only so, I've only been able to do a Spanish show because of the circumstances where like it's, and it's, it's like a big thing here locally. But yeah, I would that, those are, those would be fun. Anything, even like a, 
sitcom or something like even just yeah. to be i would love to do snl, <laughs> SNL but that's like a whole lottery like it's a whole yeah, mission you gotta hard. go on but anyways that was fun what's up with you what did you do and how long have we been gone since christmas since the end of the year new year's god it so feels like forever it, it's march now so it's been two months two a little months. over two months right. and we're back for 10 weeks guys you guys yeah. that is for 10 weeks and then we're on a break and april man april's like the month yeah, yeah. The weed month. So, yeah, nothing new with me. Just I'm so happy to have my son back in school. That's awesome. No no longer in the house with me all day in virtual school. You're taking him in person? Yeah, he's back into in-person school, and he's so happy. And I couldn't be happier either. So Good. Thank God for that. And <coughs> I'm about to turn 40, and so are you. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> Our birthdays this are This is my birthday up. month, y'all. March 20th is my birthday. I'm turning the big 4-0. Yeah, big 4-0, but you're going to the big CO. I am for Colorado. I'm going to Colorado for spring break. Yeah, tell all of your listeners, anybody who's in Colorado, you got to hit us up. Captain Jay's going to be in I'll your be area. I'll be in Denver one night, one evening. The rest of the time, I'm going to be in a remote area called like Buena Vista, and we're going to go to the Sand Dunes National Park. So hopefully... We get good weather while we're there, and it's not too cold. It's hit or miss right now at this time of year. It can be like 30 degrees and snowing or lower, or it could be 60 degrees and nice. Oh. Yeah. So it's like, we'll see. Yeah. I just want to see stars. Stars, stars. Yeah, man, stars. hiking. I feel like that's my stars. favorite, and one mountains. of my favorite things. Yeah, the mountains are just so amazing. And you can actually like sled down the sand. Like sand sledding. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. You can. That's what they do. Yeah. Like you can like rent them, I guess. Or go horseback riding through the sand dunes. That sounds like fun. We'll see. Take pictures. I will. I'll share stuff. Yeah. I There's got to be a bud tender out there that listens to us out in Colorado that like will be like, yo. If you're listening to this right now. Come on down. Tender, where should I go? Okay. First of all, when I get off at Denver Airport. I'm getting picked up by my friends and we're driving to our Airbnb in Buena Vista. Where do I hit up? What dispensary do I hit up before I hit the road to Buena Vista? I need to hit up a dispensary in Denver before I hit the road to Buena Vista. There you go, guys. Anybody's in Colorado that can help me? Help me. Holla. (laughs) But in the meantime, I know you missed this. The dankiest news. And we're back. We're back. Oh, we, hey, we, we welcome some of our new listeners on, uh, I don't know. We got new listeners out there. <laughs> Overcast. Overcast What's up, FM. New listeners? This is what we like to call news nugs. Where we bring the dankiest news to your ears. All right. So this story's a little old. It's about a month old, but we were on break, so we didn't get to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we want to talk about it. And we've talked about Shakari Richardson before and what happened to her. So this story is important. So we wanted to bring it back. So Shakari Richardson sees a double standard in allowing Camilla Kaliva Valeva to compete. Va- oh, Valeva Valeva, yeah, to compete. So U.S. sprinter Shikari, uh, sprinter Shakari Richardson is calling out Olympic and anti-doping officials after Russian skater Camilla Valeva 
was allowed to compete despite testing positive for a banned drug. Can we get a solid answer on the difference between their situations? Richardson asked on a tw- on Twitter. After mediators ruled that Valivia should be allowed to skate in the women's individual competition in Beijing. The only difference I see is I'm a black young lady, Richardson said. It's all skin, she added. Richardson won, won the 100-meter race at the U.S. Olympic trials early last summer. But after it was revealed that she had tested positive for THC, the intoxicant in marijuana, she was denied a chance to compete at the Tokyo Olympics. THC is on the World Anti-Doping Agency's <laughs> list of prohibited substances, but so is trimetazine, the drug that was found in Valeva's test sample. The heart drug is believed to be able to boost athletes' endurance and blood efficiency. In other words, it can boost athletic performance while THC does not. So it's actually a performance-enhancing drug. Right. Richardson pointed out the difference in her tweets responding on the ruling on Valeva's eligibility at the Winter Olympics. Richardson, who, like Valeva, was favored to win a medal in her sport, but also noted a stark difference in how their positive tests were handled. While the Russian star failed the test that was submitted in December, she somehow avoided a suspension. Mm -hmm. They still let her compete. News of the positive test only began to trickle out after Valeva helped her team win a gold medal in Beijing. In contrast, Richardson said her drug test result quickly became public knowledge. My name and talent was slaughtered to the people, she added. Mm. Valeva is being allowed to compete in Beijing under a cloud of suspicion and in an extraordinary move, the International Olympic Committee says that if the Russian star wins, a medal ceremony won't take place until a doping investigation is completed. That could thrust the singles competition into the same limbo that has held up medals for the team event in which Russia Russia took gold and U.S. silver. Richardson's suspension just before the Tokyo Olympics triggered an outpouring of support for her and criticism of anti-doping rules, particularly because cannabis has shed some of the stigma it once carried. Dozens of U.S. states have legalized it to some use to some degree. Dr. Michael Joyner, a physician and researcher on exercise physiology at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, told NPR last July that he was surprised at how weak the scientific evidence is for banning cannabis in athletes. I think this is a legacy of just kind of poor regulation in terms of not specifically saying what drug is banned for which events, he said. And also this sort of reefer madness sort of holdover. Cannabis remains on the list of banned substances that the World Anti-Doping Agency released shortly after the Tokyo Olympics, but the agency said in September that it will review the ban, citing requests from a number of stakeholders in international athletics. Yeah, they need to change that shit. That's just stupid. And it doesn't make any sense why they would let this other girl compete. Because they do whatever they want and nothing matters. I think the (laughs) argument, and they didn't touch on it here, and and it's not... it's just a double standard, but that she was like 15 and she didn't even know she was being given it. Like it was her coaching oh, team. Is that the story that they're like trying to survive I mean, off it's of? It's Russia, dude. I would not put it past them. Yeah. Freaking uh, <sighs> drugging their athletes and yeah. not telling them. That's. She's 15 I mean, years old. Can you imagine? And she doesn't even know they're adults like taking care of her. Yeah. But even then, like then, then, then why let her compete? No, they should not. That should, that, that should even totally be a double standard and m- more of like a more reason for them to tell her, Hey, you can't compete. 
Because you're young. Well, how are you even taking yeah, this? And you, you're young. You have plenty of time to come back and do it again. And you're going to learn from this. Yeah, it is a double double standard, and I feel it's it's so silly. We we haven't we have another, should have even been an issue, right? Though. And I feel like there's more and more places that are like letting go, like the football. Uh, yeah, like a story just came out, um, like this week, the NCAA eases rules testing for cannabis use among college athletes. So all these. Even Sports in college organizations, which college even in college, now. I'm sorry if anybody needs to be, I mean, not, not that it matters, but like in NCAA, like in the, in the college basketball, I'm sorry, in college, you should be able to smoke pot. That's what we want to say. I right? mean, no, but, but what I'm saying, <laughs> like if, if it's even, even in college basketball, which shouldn't, should be yeah. more strict. They're saying, Hey, well, we can make a couple of, adjustments here like you know everything is up for adjustments like seriously especially the way life happens man history changes things ha- change things change changes we got some changes over here in the meantime i love you miami i love you that. all right so it's comforting Medman. Med men, you know, I've never which been is a to huge. A med facility. I mean, they're, they're like huge, in but I've LA never seen California and stuff, right? But they have spots here. Well, not anymore. Sells Florida medical cannabis licensed assets for eighty three million dollars. So, California based Med Men Enterprises said it is exiting the Florida medical cannabis market with the sale of its business license and all its assets hmm. for eighty three million. The move significantly shrinks the multi state operator's national footprint. Interesting, because they're like a major player out there. According to a news release, Medman sold all of its MMJ assets in the state of Fort Lauderdale, state to Fort Lauderdale, Florida-based Green Century Holdings in an all-cash deal that includes the company's seven dispensaries, its cultivation operations, and existing inventory. As part of the deal, Medman agreed to license its trademarks to Green Century for two years. Medman currently lists dispensaries in Fort Lauderdale, Miami Beach, Orlando, Pensacola, St. Petersburg, Tallahassee, and West Palm Beach, according to the state of Office of Medical Marijuana Use. The company owned only a fraction of the state's 400 dispensaries. The sale and pivot are part of a new Medman strategy that CEO Michael Saruya referred to as asset light. Okay. Our go forward strategy is to include an asset light model that enables us to leverage the power and strength of the MedMen brand. Oh, they so they're just going to give out licensing to their brand instead of running in like dispensaries and stuff. Yeah, it's too much of a heat up here. You got to do everything yourself. It's too much. They, Cause they're, they said they're, they're smarter, right? They're just giving their so trademark guys, for exactly. two years to these people. So they do all the Probably work. Probably like Sunnyside, where they sell one plant. Yeah. Something like that. He added that he's confident the move will position the company solidly for future growth. Because, of course, he's got to say that because everybody's got money. Invested in the company. <laughs> I mean, right. they got $83 million. <laughs> so we all, I mean, they got a lot more than just $83 million. No, but I mean, just in this deal, I mean, right. alone. So we also noticed that uh, noted that MedMen will continue looking for more trademark licensing opportunities See? across the industry. The exit from Florida leaves MedMen with MedMen with marijuana operations in Arizona, California, Illinois, Massachusetts, and Nevada. Okay, so they still got spots in many places. 
And it looks like I guess they're probably going to start selling at, if they're going looking for opportunities across the industry just to do their trademark licensing. Yeah, they're not dumb. Like I, they feel like acid, they got a strategy. Acid light is because the they're still exactly because they're still going to be sold. We're still going to be seeing their weed. Yeah, and then that way, brand. when you go into Nevada or California or Illinois, wherever they're at, you go, oh, yeah, I've had this weed before. It's Mad Men. <laughs> but they're like one of the major. And I've never know, had any of their stuff. Greedy. They're one of the major biggest ones, and I've never had any of their stuff. Yeah, whatever, because they're not close. We can't be going high. We can't be driving far <laughs> for this shit. Well, this uh, next interesting Florida story, Florida doctor faces permanent medical cannabis ban. Oh, this sucks. So Florida physician Joseph Dorn is facing penalties. Is that anybody's doctor that's listening? Yeah, is anybody's (laughs) prescribing (laughs) MMJ doctor Joseph Dorn? (laughs) Is facing penalties, including a $10,000 fine and five years suspension after failing to assess patients. A physician in Tallahassee. Florida is staring down significant penalties for the state from the state after allegedly failing. It's like the same thing again (laughs) to uh, assess patients before ordering the medical cannabis, according to local news reports. The news service of Florida reported on Monday that the state department of health is proposing a host of tough penalties against the doctor, Joseph Dorn, including permanent ban from ordering medical cannabis for patients, a $10,000 fine and a five year suspension of his medical license. Health yeah. officials. But you know what happens is a lot of times. Five years suspension yo, of his But this is license? the thing. Bro, it's like they fucking, they book the shit out of this stuff. The doctors at these places. They're like, cha-ching, And they just, sometimes they just treat you like cattle. Like you're in, you're out. You're in, you're out. You're in, you're out. Hey, what? What do you have? Who do you have? You got what? You got who? Oh, yeah. Okay. Boom, boom. The last guy even like, he actually even like had a stethoscope and like. Actually listen to your heart and everything, your vitals. Yes. But uh, but I, I can see how, like, I, yeah, because I like, the doctor before him, Mira, he didn't do that shit. They're cracking down. They heard this story. Keep reading. Keep the, reading. <clears throat> health officials recommended the penalties to administrative law Judge W. David Watkins, who held a hearing in Doran's case in October, and his weighing proposed recommended order submitted Thursday by a health department and Doran's lawyer, Ryan Andrews, according to the report. Dorn finds himself in the predicament after an investigation that reportedly included undercover agents posing as patients. They ain't got nothing to do. For real. They went all out, man, looking for doctors. The state is accusing Dorn, whose medical practice in the Sunshine State spans three decades, of neglecting the, the conduct examinations of two of those undercover patients. Referred to as patient OG <laughs> and patient BD in the complaint. Mm-hmm. BD, OG and BD. <laughs> uh, potentially putting him in violation of a 2017 law requiring physicians to use certain procedures before determining patients are eligible for medical marijuana, such as deciding that its use would outweigh potential health risks. The report from the News Service of Florida explained. Instead of recognizing this responsibility, responded Dorn used his designation as a qualified physician to liberally qualify patients to receive medical marijuana by only performing perfunctory consultations and ignoring many of the requirements imposed by the legislature, wrote the attorneys for the Department of Health in their recommended order as quoted by the report. But Andrews, Dorn's lawyer, contends that the state had 
agents offered no evidence whatsoever to support his allegation and says that the agency does not know what the health benefits or risks are of medical marijuana. Ironically, the only trick or scheme employed in his case was that the of that of the petitioner, the agency, by intentionally sending BDN OG <laughs> to Dr. BDN. Doran to trick him into ordering medical marijuana for BDN OG based on their presentation of unlawful falsehood concerning their qualifying conditions, i.e. PTSD and anxiety. That's what everybody says when yeah. they don't have... Andrews wrote in his recommendations as quoted by the News Service of Florida. That's everyone's go-to qualifying conditions if you don't have like a history. Yeah, because it's not like you else. can need to show so those that's why they documentation those. for that. So the case comes at a time when lawmakers in Florida are considering a slate of proposals intended to bolster access to the state's medical cannabis program. Andrew learned, learned or learned, learned. A Democratic State House oh, representative. That's his name. That's his name. <laughs> okay. Andrew Learned, a Democratic State House representative of Florida, introduced a bill last month at the start of the legislature session that would reduce the cost for people by requiring fewer doctor visits. Yes. Allow patients to keep their registration card for two years. Yes. Instead of one. Yes. And give people the option to use telehealth to fill, refill their prescriptions. They said that wrong. It's not a prescription. It's a recommendation, according to the local news report. The bill also <laughs> aims to establish regulations on products such as Delta 8, the hemp extract that can yield a high, high similar to cannabis. Learned <laughs> builds the, the legislation as the first bipartisan marijuana package we've really run as a state in five years since the constitutional amendment passed. This does things like, again, like keep (laughs) keeping harmful products out of the hands of children and make sure that we clean up advertising statutes so we aren't inadvertently advertising medical marijuana products in general to minors. It's improving the program from a practical use perspective with telehealth, but it also things like DUI testing and creating testing councils for that. Making sure products are safe and a hemp product, for example, like CBD, really is CBD. Right now, there's no testing requirement pre-sale. Yeah, the Delta, yeah. the whole Delta Eight CBD yeah. is kind of like a wild, wild west because it's just like not very regu, not regulated, no real, yeah. you know. So that that it's getting a little dicey. I do think they need to kind of. Can you believe that the whatever whatever agency this is? What's the agency? They're sending undercover agents <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> as patients. It's so silly. You know what I think? Somebody must have like ratted on that guy. I feel and like reported him to the agency. And they why would they choose him and do it? Is he is he um, writing too many recommendations? Is is too many patients coming out of his I don't know. I feel like one of the things that can be a problem is when these doctors get greedy and they just, like I said, like they just, it's a number. Next, 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 next. Yeah, they don't really do the things. And it's just like, yeah, like, you know. I mean, do we need all those things? But, you know, either you do or you don't. Like, I don't know, you know, you can't. Well, I hope skip some stuff. That bill to change it to two years and less doctor visits, that would be nice. Yeah, definitely make it a little bit more accessible and less expensive. It's so expensive. So we're so excited to bring you this next interview. Uh, she's a friend of ours. We we love running into her at events. Uh, Emma Collard, she is 
uh, old girl. Huh? I said our old girl. Our home girl? Yeah. Oh, I thought. Why? I don't know. You threw that in there. The cat caught me off guard. She's, we just had so much fun with her. Like, we talked a lot with her. So, with the, if you're a patron, you'll get the whole interview. Um, but uh, here is our interview with Emma. Enjoy. So I got into the cannabis industry almost five years ago. Um, I'm actually coming up on my five-year anniversary next month. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, So I was in school at the time, um, like college, and I wasn't taking a summer class. So I decided that I was going to look for like a summer internship. And um, I'm like scrolling through Indeed and lo and behold, there's a medical marijuana physician looking for a marketing intern. I didn't even know cannabis was legalized at that point. Like it was so new. Were you studying marketing? Um, so I was actually only in for my AA. So like I wanted to go in for marketing or communications, like once I finished all my prereqs and everything. Um, but no, I was just in my AA. Um, I actually, cause when I got out of high school, I went into the army And then after I got out of the army, I nannied in France for a little bit. Um, And then, yeah. And then came back and started school about like a year later. Um, And so I was just like getting my prereqs, like trying to get back in the groove of being in school again. And I applied for this internship and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to get it with like USF right down the road. You know, I'm sure they have like crazy, you know, offers or whatever. And um, I was the only candidate who wrote a cover letter. So I got an interview. Wow. Yeah, you <laughs> like, you know, and out when I look for a job, I'm like, man, a cover letter. We really got to do that. I'm just submitting my resume. Look at that. No, you Here's know a what? Testimony. Listen, it, it, is, it is a testimony. And I'll, you know what? That, that goes to show you. I've done that before where you get very personal with the company you're applying for. Because a lot of people are like just applying to everything anyways. Good for and you. That's what I did. I kind of talked a little bit about how cannabis had helped me and how it helps my mom. And I thought it would be like a great opportunity, which is why I applied. And when I walked in for my interview, like immediately I knew, like I walked through the door and interviewing me were two young females. And it was like immediately in that instant, I knew that this was going to change the rest of my life. And like, this is where I was meant to be when I was meant to be there type of moment. Like it just was like incredible. So I started off as a marketing intern back when like cannabis first got legalized here. Okay. We had no idea what the hell we were doing. Nobody. So we used to, um, our office was right next door to true leaves office when they opened, um, because the owner of truly even the owner of doc and Jay, like they know each other. And so that was kind of their business plan. Like, you know, they wanted to have a dispensary, but you have to have a doctor. So like, why don't you go to this doctor and then come to us type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had no idea how to get the word out. We had to figure out the parameters of social media. We got back in doing like Facebook groups and stuff like that back in the day, you can't do any kind of traditional marketing. It's getting a little more accepted nowadays, but back then, like you could not do anything. So, um, it was a journey, but that's how I got in. And we kind of just had to figure it out together and I haven't been able to leave. 
I wouldn't want to leave once being in this industry. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's no looking you, back. You get to be out and be accepted about your cannabis. Yeah, and it's like it's like it's like going back to having to like ride in a stranger's car for weed. <laughs> like, no, like we're here now and we're out, we're open, and we're sharing. You know how it helps so many people. And marketing in it is so hard because there's the rules and regulations by the state that you're not really allowed to market, right? Like there's so many rules on packaging. They don't even want it to look marketable. Right. No, I mean, the state puts like a ton of parameters on us, but then like on top of it, like even if some things are allowed, like the company that you would have to go through might not support it or whatever it may be. Like there's just all of these hurdles that get like thrown in the way. So that's why eventually, like I moved away from the digital media side of things, um, with the physicians group. And I started doing like their community outreach and their community relations and everything like that. Um, so I was actually, instead of working out of our like HQ for the longest time, I was working out of one of our physicians offices and I would do, um, like patient consultations, because one of the things that, um, one of my original bosses told me is like, if you ever have free time, study the science behind this stuff, because she's like, there's so much more than just THC and nobody in Florida really understands that yet. She's like, so start learning the science behind it. And I guarantee you, it's going to put you above everybody. And so I did. And I loved it. Cause like, I'm a very analytical person. I love learning new things. Um, so I really just kind of like immersed myself into researching. And so with that, I started like blog writing and everything like that. And, um, because of all these like things that I was learning, I developed a really good relationship with the doctors because I would like ask them questions about it. Right. Like, I'd be like, oh, I don't understand this. And so because I built that relationship, the dispensary, like I ended up becoming kind of like the liaison for all 50 something doctors under the practice for all of the dispensaries. So anytime any kind of new update came out or a new product or an event or whatever, they would come to me. So then I could disperse it to the doctors. But um, it was really awesome because I got to learn quite a lot of stuff about behind the scenes in this industry that many people haven't had the opportunity to do. Like I've been to pretty much every grow facility in the state. I've been trained by most of their teams and everything like that, just because of the position that I had at my old job. So it, it's been a really cool ride for sure. What do you, what is, okay. uh, From this entire journey, what is something like, let's say a piece of information about the science that has blown you away? Like, what is something that from all the learning that you did, you think is like one of the most incredible I, things. I think the way that cannabis interacts with cancer cells is like really cool. Um, so I actually had a patient of mine or he wasn't mine. I'm not a doctor, excuse me, but a patient at the, um, the group that I used to work with, um, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor, right? Like neuroblastoma, I think. And he was basically given just a couple months left to live by Moffitt, which is why he came to us because he's like, I've kind of exhausted all of my other routes. I figured why not give this a chance? If it works, it works. If not, like at least I'll be high or whatever. So I told the guy, I was like, look, like I 
have never had any kind of patient to this like extreme come to my desk, but like, I would just tell you like tolerate, take as much RSO as you can tolerate, right? Like they're going to tell you, Oh, take a gram a day, do this. Like that is not scientifically proven. Like all I can tell you is like, eat as much of it as you can, as long as you can. And like, you should have, you should see results. Right. Um, and, and obviously like I, I got into it a little bit more detailed with him. It wasn't just like that, but, um, that man has come back for three years now and he was only given like three or four months left to live wow. and come back. Yeah. So his tumor has shrunk. It has not like, he's completely asymptomatic. Like he's monitored by Moffitt. Like he just has to go get check-ins and everything, wow. but just the way that, that cannabis interacts with cancer is just incredible. You know, that's, yeah. that's crazy. That's a brain tumor. I mean, this guy was about to die and cannabis saved his life. That's amazing. It is amazing. To me, it was learning about the ECS. I didn't know the ECS existed um, until we started. This podcast. Kind of and I was like, what? Oh my God. No, like we have this already. This is in a, no wonder. <laughs> it's incredible. The ECS. That's one of my favorite questions. So I go through the VA. And, um, whenever I'm like in the hospital or like at the doctor or whatever, and I'm like trying to kill time, I'll ask them, like, what can you tell me about the ECS? Like, do you know about the endocannabinoid system? And half of them are like, what are you talking about? And I'll be like, look it up. I'm going to come back and you're going to know all about it. Like it's, it's incredible. And I think that there's just so much more for us to learn about this plant. Like we're only scratching the surface. Yeah, absolutely. And it's because of all of the, you know, all of the limit lim- limitations on it. There, yeah, yeah, there was no research. Slowly and slowly, we're getting more and more access to be able to do research. So we're going to learn so much more. And most of what we've learned is all like really come from other countries. Yeah, anecdotal or yeah, right. Or uh, from other countries that are actually doing- an anecdotal. Exactly. Yeah. How, I mean, how old were you when you started like using cannabis? First first time smoking. The first time that I smoked weed, I was, it was my spring break of my freshman year of high school. So I was 15 at the time. Um, And like, I came from like a middle school where like in eighth grade, I broke up with my boyfriend because I found out that he smoked weed with his older brother. And I was like convinced he was going to be a crackhead on the side of the road. Right. Like I knew it. Air, was, air program. Yeah. I was like, I can't believe I'm dating this like drug addict. Like it was like tragic for me. Um, and then I went to a different high school than what my middle school went to. Um, Cause I was a swimmer at the time. They had a better swim team. And everybody there smoked weed. It was like, I felt weird that I didn't. Um, and so spring break of my freshman year, I like went over to my friend's house when her parents weren't home and like three of us and her older brother, like all smoked weed together. And I remember like being like, this is weird. Like, I don't even feel anything. And then we're like laying in her brother's room watching TV and SpongeBob was on and I was laughing so hard. I was in tears. Um, and so that was like my first experience. Um, and it was, yeah, it was nice. But like, even then, like I didn't like to smoke every day or anything like that, because like, I thought 
that that meant that I was going to be like a loser or something, you know? Um, and, you know, granted, like at that young, you really shouldn't be smoking every day anyways, just with like how brain development is and everything. But um, eventually, um, probably like my junior year of high school is when I realized how much it affected my anxiety. And like, so like what I would do is like, if I was smoking frequently, I'd be like, oh no, like I'm smoking, I'm becoming a crackhead. I need to take a tolerance break for a little bit. And then, um, when I would take the tolerance break, like my anxiety would just go out the roof. Like I would be crying on the way to school. And then I kind of like put two and two together that, okay, like this is really helping me manage my PTSD. Um, and so I, I still didn't really smoke every day in high school. And if I did, it was like after school, after swim practice type of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I kind of realized from an early age that it did quite a lot more for me than just make me laugh and make me feel good. I was about the same age too. And I mean, in high school like that, you don't have the access and money to be smoking every day and it being a regular habit anyway. But um, yeah. I was a late bloomer. I I mean, I tried. I did try in high school because everybody was because it was a classmate that I would see would come late to class. And he was like, it was like senior year that I was definitely smoking a lot more. Like you said, junior for me, it was senior. And I tried it freshman year, same way. But uh, we would like but it was only ever with friends. I never like smoked by myself. Right. You know, now I'll smoke by myself. No, I used to sit in my bathroom with the fan on in my bowl and like I had like the toilet paper roll with the like dryer sheets in it and I would like literally just be like water on blowing into the fan through the dryer sheet like spraying perfume every two seconds yeah Uh, I didn't I would also so I thought I was so slick because I would smoke in my car and like I drove my parent one of my parents cars when I was in high school and I was just like damn I'm really good at airing this bitch out like they've never caught me I've never gotten in trouble well after I graduated and got back from the army I learned that my mom smokes weed I mean she's a patient now um but like she's been smoking for a while she has a lot of medical conditions that it helps with um and so she smoked weed in the car too. So I never got caught because they, she just assumed it was, it was her smell, her speaking. Of the car. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's awesome. how long were you in the military? Where were you deployed, deployed to? So I was actually only in for a year. I never got deployed. I got hurt. So I got a medical discharge. Um, I essentially was just too small for the army and all of the equipment like sat on my lower back, no matter how I adjusted it. So like over time, I just messed up my back and both of my hips and, and the army, like you have to mm-hmm. like be able to meet certain physical requirements, even if you already know what you're doing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, I just was like expendable. Cause I was like really low ranking. So, um, I got out, but I'm 80% disabled through the VA so awesome. yeah yeah that was a- was in the army as well he was uh i thought maybe since you did the nanny thing in france that it was part of like maybe being deployed somewhere and meeting a family or something how did you no, so <laughs> i i had what i called my quarter life crisis 
when I um, found out I was getting out of the army because I had my whole life like planned around what I was doing. I was in army intel and like eventually I wanted to um, like go into like the CIA or the FBI or something. And so like I had my whole life planned around my four years in the army, like, and then all of a sudden I'm 18 years old, living on the other side of the country, all by myself, going through all of these medical issues. And they're just kind of like, LOL, you're going home. Um, so that was kind of like my, oh my God, you never know what's going to happen next moment. Um, and so I was like, I'm, I don't think I'm ready to go to school yet. And I know that I want to see the world. I want to travel. And I didn't have like that much money saved up to where I could have just gone and traveled. Cause like this idea came in my head like two months before. Um, and so I joined an au pair website and started interviewing with families and found the most incredible French family in the South of France and lived with them for a year. And the coolest thing about that, or one of the coolest things about that was like the French, they really valued their vacations. And so like, I got quite a lot of time off to travel. And my best friend at the time was studying in Amsterdam and it would cost me it would cost me $40 to take a round trip flight from where I was to where she was at. And, and so I would go out there. It was so cheap because she's a dual citizen. So she got like transportation for free food allowance, like everything like that. So like, I would literally just fly out with some clothes and like no money. Cause I was an au pair and it's not like you made a lot of money, you know, and just go to Amsterdam and have the best time. That's awesome. That worked out perfectly. Have you, uh, what have you tried? Uh, well, I know you've tried psychedelics. Could you mind telling us what kinds and, uh, why, and you know, how that experience was, um, that's a, that's a hot topic. Now we're getting, we went to, we saw you at kind of delic and a lot of people are, are talking about psychedelics. psychedelics, but primarily, uh, psilocybin and, uh, ketamine. Is that what it is? Ketamine's been, ketamine's a big one too. Yeah. Yeah. So Canadelic was so much fun. Um, I sat on a few panels and one of them actually was the hope for heroes. It was the veterans panel. And I got to hear quite a lot of testimonies about like veterans and their psychedelic experience. But for me personally, um, I've done mushrooms. Well, so the first time I ever did any kind of psychedelics, I was actually in Amsterdam and they were truffles. And it was kind of like, I was too scared to like trip trip. So like we went to like the shop and we were like talking to, it was kind of like a bud tender, but for mushrooms. And we were like, we want to feel this way, but we don't want to like lose control or do this or whatever. And so it was a fun time. It was very mild, but I did enjoy it. Um, And then I did mushrooms a few times. Um, like I, and I love mushrooms. I've done them. I do them quite often. I actually microdose every day. Um, just because I feel like it helps quite a lot for my anxiety, but, um, from a medicinal standpoint, so I have PTSD. Um, I got diagnosed with PTSD when I was 15 and I've been through like decades, like a decade of therapy. Right. And therapy is a great tool. Like I am definitely, pro therapy, I think, you know, like everybody could benefit from talking to someone, but I don't think that like it cured 
my issues, right? Like it, it gave me the ability to deal with what I was going through and like, have it not dictate my life or, you know, like take over or whatever, but like, do I still feel like I had been affected by the trauma? Yeah. You know, like it, it didn't like cure me. So there was this one time that I did a a pretty decent dose of shrooms. Um, I was with my ex-boyfriend, we were camping at Jenny Springs and it was like a great time. We like floated down the river during the peak and that was incredible. And then after that, like we were sitting outside and I kind of just like felt like a mood shift. So I went inside into the RV and like, as soon as I got into the RV, I started hysterically crying, like bawling my eyes out, like so hard that I could not even hold myself up. Like I just was physically incapable. Like I was just like, dying. like you, if you would have saw me, you would have thought like my whole family died in front of my eyes. Like I was, it was tragic, but I could physically feel the trauma just like washing out of my body right like it was like all those years of everything that I had dealt with like just releasing from my my body and like it literally felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders after I had been done crying I like walked outside of the RV and it was like I walked into a new dimension like it was like I timeline hopped like it was I just felt like a completely new person. And it was kind of like I was forced to have that therapy session with myself and actually like deal with and face my trauma, you know, not just get through it or accept it, but like actually sit there and like battle it out kind of. And it was just life-changing to me. And one of the stories that I heard was this, uh, like on the veteran panel was a a Navy SEAL vet and he had done like all of these tours, got like super, super messed up with PTSD because of it. Like um, he said, one of his breaking points, he was walking through New York city and like, he had gotten like really big into drinking and cocaine and was like, kind of like coping with his PTSD that way. Um, and he was walking through the city with his ex-girlfriend and heard a cab backfire, freaked out so bad. He slammed her onto the ground and like got on top of her to like protect her, but did it with so much force that he like pulled her arm out of the socket. Yeah. So, and this guy's young, like he's like probably like late thirties. Like, it's not like he's this old man. Like he's like a young, you know, guy who just like went that route in the military and he had tried ayahuasca. And he said ayahuasca helped him, but like, didn't like give him the results that he wanted. So then he tried Ibogaine. Have you guys heard of Ibogaine? What is that? No. So Ibogaine, I could be wrong. It comes from the bark of a tree. Um, Ibogaine? Ibogaine. Ibogaine. I've never heard of it. I mean, never. Me either. Ayahuasca, is that That the cactus? Is that from the cactus? Ayahuasca is DMT. No, I think from the cactus. Oh, I'm talking about peyote. peyote. Yeah. So ayahuasca is actually like two different leaves. It's like one is like the leaf with DMT. And then there's another leaf that when they brew it together, it it like elongates the DMT. So here's the fun fact. Most psychedelics, like when you like break them down to their core is the DMT chemical. 
right? It's just like different additions or like whatever the the chemistry name is. I'm a little high, so I don't remember it. That's but like, fact. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been afraid to try DMT. I'm always like, oh, I've heard that's like real. So, but isn't DMT is what's in rolls the ecstasy that no. is like the good? No, that's MDMA. That's MDMA. Mo- when that's they say Molly, that's Molly. MDMA is Molly. Yes. MDMA DMT is a psychedelic. DMT is a psychedelic. What is it derived from? They say you like see. I mean, well, like I mean, energy. obviously, like, <laughs> like you see God, like you have a I'm pretty sure it's a, it's a point. It's a, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a leaf that they get it from. Um, and so ayahuasca and so like DMT is like one where like when you smoke it, you only trip for like 15 minutes, but it's supposed to be like the most intense 15 minutes ever. You like have an mm-hmm. out-of-body experience, ego mm-hmm. death type. You, I don't know. It's crazy. I've never done mm-hmm. it. I would like to, I just believe that like when the right time right. Um, it'll come, um, but ayahuasca is DMT with a plant that like elongates the DMT effect. So you're tripping for like four or five hours. Intensely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he said ayahuasca was at like a level seven of intensity, right? Ibogaine is like a level 10. Uh-huh. And he tripped with a blindfold on for 30 hours. Oh my. 30 hours. Right? That it was the hardest 30 hours of his life. Yeah, but how do you and he and how does and what he go to the bathroom? Like, how does that even whole thing? I have no idea. I didn't okay. ask this. All right. okay. I didn't ask this. Right. So many questions now. We'll continue. <laughs> We'd like to hear what how the what his but results he, were. He's fine now. He's fucking fine now. I've heard of people just being cured completely. Yeah, well, bipolar. thirty hours tripping for thirty hours with a blindfold on. I fucking hope. <laughs> You're doing better now, buddy, because that's I mean, that's intense. I'm just I'm not trying to make fun of the situation. I'm happy for him. But that 30 hours that's oh, a long yeah. time. and nobody was like, OK, no, I'm no, sure there's a, like a shaman or somebody there like to, to, guide, to guide him you. or something. Right. It was like a therapy old environment therapy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like a therapist type guide or whatever. And he said at one point, like, because he was, he faced, he said he literally went and refaced every single traumatic experience. Yeah. He went back to war and shit. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And so he said it was like really difficult. And like, at one point he tried to take the blindfold off and got so overstimulated. It was so crazy that he was like, fuck that. And put the blindfold. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, because I, I have always been like, when it comes to shrooms and stuff, like I am the biggest advocate for the setting being just as important as the dose that you get. 100%. Tripping outside is such like a better experience than tripping inside in my mind, in my opinion. Yeah. it, It just like gives you like the ability to kind of like open up and release. And so like when I've heard stories of vets having to do like blindfolded psychosystem therapy, I get really nervous because I'm like, that's the last thing this person with PTSD needs to go through is be in a closed little room with a blindfold on with a stranger. Like if I was tripping, I would not want to be doing that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I asked him about that specifically. I was like, do you feel like that was okay like it, that you got the most out of it because of you know and I explained him and he's he was like yeah no like I put that blindfold back on because it was just too much but yeah he's like totally fine now what was it called again ibogaine ibogaine, ibogaine. with an i 
That's insane. I've never heard about that. I'm going to have yeah. to look it up. That was the first time I heard that story because, you know, like there's quite, quite a lot of psychedelics out there. I mean, psychedelics have been used by indigenous cultures for thousands of years. Like there's quite a lot of benefits to psychedelic, like psychedelic medicine and stuff. Like, you know, for example, um, I worked with a group of people who are studying the effects of DMT on um, dementia because certain like psychedelics and stuff like the DMT chemical, it um, encourages neuroregenesis, which is like rebuilding your brain. Have you guys seen um, Fantastic Fungi on Netflix? No. Uh I think I started watching it. I haven't, I haven't watched it. Is it, is it, it's just narrated and it's like talking about how all of the, the mushrooms connect with each other and there's like a whole, but it talks quite a lot. I mean, it goes into psychedelic experience and then it talks about like how mushrooms are going to like save the environment and all this stuff. But one of the things that it talks about is like, uh, there's a theory about um, like evolution and like our cognitive development um, is because like back in the day, like, you know, like Neanderthals or, or whatever species of humanoids or back then, um, found these psychedelic mushrooms and psychedelic plants and were eating them. And that's how like they expanded their mind and like mm-hmm. grew and became like more. That makes sense. Everybody I- eats shrooms. I mean, shrooms, cannabis, it's been a part of medicine for years, like thousands of years, pharmaceuticals, is relatively new in medicine in comparison to all of this holistic stuff. Did you see Dr. Riley posted a thing of a conversation where she had a, 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 a guy who wrote a paper about LSD uh, doing the same thing, you know, same thing that you were talking about. Right. But somebody brought up the idea of like, why don't they, if, 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 if these psychedelics like make people's minds light up in places that they haven't been lit up before so to speak why don't we give lsd to somebody in a coma and she was like oh my god that's like she's like as a scientist you're like when you hear some kind of theory i'm sure (laughs) being around them when they're having their smoke sessions is really interesting but yeah so she started talking about like doing more research and being interested in the idea of like LSD possibly being something to get people out of comas. That would be. That'd be incredible. Yeah. I mean, that would be absolutely amazing. And that was Emma Collard. Collard, yeah, like Collard Greens. Because she said it before. Um, you can catch her at. Dilemma, that's D-I-L-L-3-M-M-A, or uh, <laughs> Dilemma Greens. Excuse me. Captain J just ripped a bong right there. Sorry, guys. Before we go, we uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. We're so happy to be back, and we're so happy that we have new patrons with our patron family. So once again, welcome so much to Jenny and Catherine. Uh, also, we want to send some love out there to all of our other patrons, Yanni Reyes, Destiny Adams, Lauren Hadsel, Jesse Reyes, Christy Rodriguez, April Collins, Shelby Gleckler, Denise Caceres, Peaches, Natalie Echevarria, Meredith, Terry, Angelina, you guys 
rock the house. I can't wait to see you guys soon. Hey, listen, if you're jealous of all the attention they get, you should become a patron too. We'll pay attention to you Come as well. Come on vacation with us. Come on vacation. <laughs> like what other people go on vacation with their patrons? Like I ha- I I I do give my money to a couple of other creatives and I have never been invited to go on vacation <laughs> with them. So become a patron for early access to episodes, additional content, full and cut versions of our interviews, Zoom sessions, exclusive mom trips, shirts, merch, all kinds of cool shit. Hey, and if not, listen, do us a solid subscribe, rate, review, share our content. We need to get to making some more videos for y'all. We will. So keep keep tuned in. Potsmokingmoms.com. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.